and that's why I think people um, uh, think baseball so easy because to play basketball you need to be tall. Mm-hmm. Maybe Steph Curry doesn't need, but I mean, both of you got to be so tall. Football, you got to be big. You know, but in baseball, you think I can stand there and swing a bat. That was San Francisco Giants VP of Business Operations, Mario Alioto. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on the podcast, we feature sports fans, writers, photographers, bartenders, journalists, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Welcome to episode 28, part two. In part one, Mario shared stories from his time at Candlestick Park. In this podcast, he talks about moving the team north to the south of Market area, where they've hosted four different World Series, and where Matt Cain threw the only perfect game in Giants history. This podcast is part of a series of podcasts we're doing over the course of the baseball season, as the Giants celebrate 60 years in San Francisco. In case you missed it, please go back and listen to episode 25 with Josh Keppel. Here's Mario. You know, when we, this ballpark is, we're in our 19th season here. And when the ballpark was built back in 2000, which was, again, it was so, it was so exciting to be part of that team to help build this ballpark, um, we did a lot of surveys back then as to what fans were looking for in a new ballpark. And what we found out more that was a surprise is, is fans want to come to, they, they come to the ballpark to get away from all that. You know, it's to have a, a respite from, you know, the everyday life. of and, and so, you know, if you know it's in this ballpark, there's not a lot of, I mean, we're, we're, there's, there is technology, but in things that are relevant to what fans are looking for. And, that add uh, to the experience. To add to the experience, because yeah. you want to keep the, the authenticity of what this game's about. And, and um, you know, now I will say, and I'm guilty of it too, you're, you know, we sit and watch a game and I'm checking my messages, checking my emails, <laughs> and we all do that. Sure. But, um, but there's something about this game for those of us who love it, who have been around it for a long time. Um, it may be a business to us, but there's a beauty to this game that you have to appreciate. You know, at the time, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, we lost four elections to have it built uh, publicly at the time. And when Peter McGowan and Larry Bear and the, and the ownership group purchased the team in 92, um, we were at Can- Candlestick Park from 93 through 99. And at the time, it was, um, you know, this is our ballpark, so rather than trashing it, let's make it as best as we can. So mm-hmm. we changed all the food. We We added some new amenities that made that experience as good as we can. But Peter and Larry all along said that the real goal is to, is to get a ballpark down within the city. And um, I remember this ball, this site where we're sitting on, when I was a kid, I used to ride my bike through here, and mm. there used to be warehouses. Mm-hmm. But you ride along the water here. But I think what's happened, if you remember back in the 70s, I'm not sure if you were born yet, but back in the 70s, you know, the, the trend then was to go out uh, where there's a lot of land, plop down a stadium surrounded by parking mm-hmm. and have ba- baseball and football have a multi a multi mm-hmm. a dual ba- uh, stadium but the trend now is bring them in, into the cities make the ballpark smaller make it more intimate um, it's kind of a modern version of Wrigley Field yeah. and um, and I think it's really worked for us I mean there's nothing there's no better feeling that before a game here watching fans walk down 3rd Street from, from the financial district watching the ferries dock out in right field and fans coming off of there uh, the train is, you know, the train station is a, a block away from here. There's, it's a, it's a social event. It's a, ga- it's like this is the city's gathering place, yeah. where people come together. And, but I think the trend now is small, scarce, intimate, and uh, rather than have sixty thousand seats like Candlestick, we have forty-one thousand, and um, and every seat's a good seat. And that's kind yes. of the, I think that's what you're seeing. That's what that's what Fenway Park is all about. Mm-hmm. What's it really feels about, and that, that's the new trend in sports is keep it small and intimate. 
and uh, and make the scene around the ballpark, whether it's restaurants and bars or parks, part of that experience, not just what's happening on the field. And that's happened in this area, it's that, well, outside, outside of the ballpark. Well, what's interesting I mean. is I remember this area when there was nothing here but the ballpark. Right. And now you and look at too, it, and it's it's a, a neighborhood. A neighborhood has developed. Yeah. And, uh, I remember when uh, years ago when Safeway came in, I said, "God, now it's a neighborhood." Yeah, you know, so people live here, and it's uh, and as the, again, as we as you look beyond uh, McCovey Cove out the right field, our parking lot is going to be developed into our, to our next new neighborhood. That's next, yeah, and um, that's one thing I'll say about this ballpark that I, whenever I bring guests or tours, I always instead of going on the field, I go to the highest part of the ballpark. Hmm. So you know, go to the upper deck and look at the view, because mm-hmm. you're not going to see that anywhere else in a, mm-hmm. in, a in a baseball park. And um, you know, and to look across to Oakland, and and just I, mean, I remember when 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 Bonds was here playing, and all those great m- memories we had. I mean, the amount of yachts and kayaks and sailboats out in right field. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, those are beauty shots of this yeah. ballpark, and uh, and it's only in San Francisco. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about Bonds and hitting home runs. I remember when we first opened the ballpark, we had the Portuguese water dogs out there because we realized that balls baseballs float, and uh, we worked with Don Novello, Guido Sarducci. And we did a program where uh, where the dogs would be on the on, on on little boats, and when there was a home run ball during batting practice, the dogs would jump off the boats and get and and uh, retrieve the balls. So, a lot of those fun things. And I think, you know, and as I mentioned to you earlier, is the one thing that Peter McGowan uh, said to me when we first started working, and he says to a lot of folks, is, you know, have fun, be entrepreneurial, be creative. And don't be afraid to make, to make mistakes. And, you know, if this is more than just the, the game that's happening between the white lines on the field. You know, if we, if we were just relying on, on fanatic baseball fans, you know, we wouldn't have enough fans. I mean, there's, there's a casual fan that's looking for a thing, something to do to be casual, to, have, to come to an experience and to do things with your kids or your friends. So we want the team to win every, every year. I hope we win the World Series every single game. It makes my, a year it makes my job easier. But this is more than the game. I mean, the game is a big part of it. The, the, the fans, I mean, the, the players are really the focal point. But every, but some fans come for different reasons. Some are just trying to get away from their personal problems. They just want three hours to sit in the sun and walk, look at the grass and have a hot dog, you know, and a beer. And, and I think we need to remember that in our business is that, you know, every fan comes here with a story. You know, it, and sometimes we know those stories, sometimes we don't. But you have to. You can't assume that everyone is just looking for the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, which is why this ballpark just seems to work. Well, 2010 was uh, your first time is always the best, yeah. and uh, you know that was a magical season for yes. for a lot of reasons. And um, you know, it's one of those years where, as the seasons, if I remember correctly, beginning of August, we were quite a ways out of first mm-hmm. place, and. But the team started to gel, and it, you could just sense that something special was happening. And it was just, it was just one of those years, and, I'm, and you know, it's hard to, to, from a fan's perspective, to think through, you know, but think of all the characters from that team and how we got players in the middle of the year, and, and it just started to happen. And it's almost like it was destined to happen. You just had that feeling as you got into September that this is the year. It's, it's going to happen. And... Um, and that moment in Texas when we won was pretty special. And and as I mentioned to you uh, earlier when we were walking before the interview, is um, you know I was lucky enough for two of my sons were bat boys um, back then, and and I and one of them was in Texas for that game. And I remember after the game was over, I thought, oh my God, you know I've been with the team for at that time thirty something years. I can't even get in the locker room, and my son is in there. He gets <laughs> to enjoy this moment that we've all been waiting for. But it's a it's a special thing we still talk about and. Uh, 
but there's nothing like winning the World Series. And God, who ever would have thought we would have won? You know, every other year. So the even year thing is is something special. And and every year is exciting. Um, but 2010 was really in that moment of you know um, you know. And we talk so much on the marketing side of sports and here with the Giants. That you know, think about baseball. I think maybe maybe more so than other sports. It's a generational thing. I mean, we I grew up. I grew up near Candlestick Park. I remember going to the games with my grandfather. He was a season ticket holder when they had wooden seats at Candlestick. So it was, you know, back in the late 60s. And, uh, you know, it's a game you pass on to people. Mm-hmm. So I remember back then in 2010, as well as 2012, my, my mom, who's still alive and healthy as can be and still likes to come to ball games, you know, watching that game with, you know, with my other kids and my daughter and my wife, how, how special that was, you know, to enjoy that together. But at the time for me, and my kids still talk about this, is we did a thing in the ballpark at a, a part of the scoreboard entertainment called the fist pump. You know, and when we needed to get the crowd roaring, uh, we played a fist pump song from New Jersey, what's uh, Jersey Shores, or, and the whole place would go nuts. Well, one time, they, here they, they show this older woman with gray hair on the board doing a fist pump, and she was in her 80s. They didn't know that was my mom. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and, and the players would always give my kid, my son, you know, hell, Doug, hey, your grandmother's you're on the board again. But, you know, so uh, it was fun to, for for us, at least in our family, in a, in a small way, she was part of the story that year. And uh, and the photos and just remembering all that, do, enjoying that together was, that's what baseball's about. You know, I do have seats on the club level, but I can't really sit in a seat that long. And, yeah. and I don't cheer. Um, huh. I remember in, in um, and I know this is going to sound odd, but I know it's, it's dead honest. And... 2010 when we won the World Series and we were in Texas it was a great feeling but I didn't cheer I just kind of stood there and I think it's because in my in my formative years if you will when I was a kid and when I was a bat boy I was always a bat boy in the visiting side right so when the Giants were scoring I'd be in the dugout happy but I could never cheer couldn't show it and I never showed it and I swear that's why now people I remember people if you watch a game with me I never I never stand up I don't cheer I smile I cheer inside but i don't cheer so mm. so it's just it's it's kind of odd uh, but i watch every i mean i I'm, I'm really into what's going on but i can't sit for more than i'm i i think i'm just kind of type a I, yeah. i'm constantly looking more what the fans are doing what's going on i'm looking at things that other people aren't looking at there's something cool about an empty ballpark and i used to do this at candlestick park all the time i just go out there and just look in sixty thousand empty seats and you start thinking about the moments that took place in that plate in here so here you know, I'll think about the night that you know Bonds hit 7.56, or the you know the night that um, that uh, when it was pouring rain and we won the pennant here when Mike Marco Scudero. Scudero. Was I mean, there's certain things that happen, mm-hmm. and it all happened right here. Yeah. And you, in, in in a way, in your own voice, in your own mind, you can hear the cheers, but you look around and you're sitting here by yourself, and it's there's something cool about. I'm not sure if if uh, if the Coliseum in Rome is the same feeling, but I think when you're <laughs> when you're in a um, an empty venue like this where people c- gather for events, there's something really cool about it. And uh, and I think sometimes, keeping in mind that the ballpark opened in 2000 and here we are in 2018, there's a lot that's happened here over the years from all-star games to, you know, to home run chases to World Series vict- uh, World Series Four games. Four different World Series We haven't Series won at home now. yet. But, uh, yeah, right. even 2002, I mean, now that we won three World Series, the <laughs> Anaheim easier. Angels and the, and the Rally Monkey doesn't bug us as much. Right. But you think about all those things that have happened, I mean, there's been a lot of time has gone by, and um, you know, hopefully, with the things that we've done as an organization and the moments that we that have taken place here, have you know enhanced someone's 
time in life a little bit and create some memories that 20 years from now someone else will be talking about. Remember that you know, maybe if something happens important tonight, you may 20 years from now look back and say, I remember that Tuesday night went to that Nationals game. And you, remember, you remember when we saw whatever. That can happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Cain's perfect game was a Tuesday. That's right. In June, know. random. That's right. And uh, So you never know what's going to happen. So that's mm-hmm. the best thing about this about this business it's, it's unpredictable it's a story that will uh it's being told as we uh, game by game and by the end of the season we'll see whether what how it all plays out music for the podcast is by otis mcdonald aka joe bigale film photography is by michelle kilfeather please follow story san francisco on facebook twitter and instagram if you like what you're hearing please let your friends know All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on our website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening. Check back next week, and we'll hear stories from SF State Journalism professor Venice Wagner. (laughs) 